it. You hear forever, with writhing in pain, with like me being surrounded by stuffed animals at eight years old, with a writhing in pain of a stomachache. I'd be like, shit, friends forever. <laughs> okay. This is hell. Or would it be against the ninja because they're very similar? Uh, it could be a medley of both. You know, go, one goes right into the other. I'm just thinking of that one particular chorus of Friends Wait. Forever or For Eternity or whatever the hell dragon sounds. Friends for Eternity, uh, loyalty, honesty, we'll stick together through thick and thin. I pretty much know all the lyrics. So. Well, I can tell. <laughs> but uh, no, I just like, that would, that'd be my hell. Would be that song. Not the it song. Would be, it would be a just me, me, be ha- me having like oh, okay. severe stomach pains. I thought it was like your hell would be you at a dragon, this happened a dragon me. sound. This concert. happened to me when I was oh, young. Okay. And, and but I didn't, I didn't know the song. Uh, oh, of, uh, so this is like um, this is like that song that, that Tenacious D song. This is this is like that's like the closest thing to the song you were hearing when that happened was Fred's Forever by Dragon Sound. Yeah. Uh, so the closest also, equivalent to that song you've ever heard. And also because I was like looking for guidance from my stuffed animals when I was like seven or eight and, and uh, they didn't help. They just stared at me and I was very much in pain. Hey, this is Kevin from My Movies Better. And this is Jamie from Storyburst. And we are here bringing you the first ever episode of Wonderfully Awful. Wonderfully Awful. Yes, the film where we examine the very best of the very worst movies ever made. This week, we are covering the one and only Miami Connection, one of my favorite films. Also, uh, one of the favorite films of my co-host, Russell, on My Movies Better, um, which you can find on all podcasts locations in the universe locations yeah Yeah. jamie you're from storyburst yeah i am from storyburst you can also find my podcast on pretty much all well itunes yeah google play itunes google play all that stuff spotify soon nice podcast ad whatever you know you should check uh, out thank you i really want to thank you for showing me this movie this is the first time i've ever seen this movie and he's been telling me to see uh see it for like a year and a half at least least. like two years maybe (laughs) i saw this when i saw this movie for the first time i told everybody to go see this movie that i saw from that day forward because i love it so much so without further ado let's get right into it miami connection from 1987 starring yk kim in Taekwondo bands. Ninja bikers. Getting these gangs out of Central Florida. Get them out. I love it. Can you see, guys, what's going on out here? What are you trying to 
I do? Wake up the neighbors? Maybe get some work done. You would have had enough done from that street. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I'll get you some. Man. I don't how serious What's going on here? You guys trying to wake up the neighbors or Jeff, what? Jeff, see no faction for one night? Tell you what happened. Get enough, I'll tell you. Hey, you guys fighting or what? What happened? This letter? What letter? Jeez. John, what happened? I don't know. He won't tell me. Huh? Jim. Tell us. What happened? Jim, what is this letter? Tell us. Go ahead. Tell us. Why don't you explain to us? Come on, we're your, we're your best friends. Sorry, it's hiding from this from you guys. Oh, man. But... This looks like your brother. I didn't know you have a brother. It's my father. What? This is your real father? Yes, it is. Are you sure? I didn't know you had a father. I thought we are all orphans. So Miami Connection is a 1987 independent martial arts film starring Y.K. Kim, a grandmaster, legendary black belt of Taekwondo, who also wrote and produced the movie. Uh, originally, the film was critically maligned and received very poor box office return and remained unseen for decades until Draft House Films restored the film to a prop, uh, for a proper release in 2012. And since then, it has become a cult film. Jamie. Yes. What do you think of this movie? I don't know what to think. <laughs> you don't know what to think. I I loved it. So I guess I do know what to think. Yeah, I, mean, I, I loved it. it. You know what? Mainly, I loved it because of the 80s synth that was permeating yeah. throughout it. Yeah, there's a lot of good 80s synth. There's like, I think... Uh, three two or three tracks that they use that's cut up into a couple different scenes but uh that are just like synth scoring there's because there's a lot of music in this movie which we'll get to but um and they're very good so would you say that this music this movie is a musical yeah yeah i would too I, it if you were to describe it to someone like how it, if someone was like okay well what's miami connection like what is what kind of movie is it it's a, a very 80s synthy ninja ninja. Is that even ninja. a word? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully ninja e ninja esque ninja. Yeah. Opera. Opera. Okay. No. But like you could, I would make an opera. Well, because it also features like bikers. But like ah ninjas and like, like taekwondo. There's only two scenes with the bikes, like. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's like a, there's like a couple scenes with the bikes, but there's really only like, yeah. I mean, there's like a couple scenes. Like with the, the first five minutes, there were the bikes. Yeah, and then the last. Oh, then they go minutes. to the they go to like Sturgis or whatever. They go to the bike rally, or something. They go to like a biker bar with a bunch of bikers. Yeah, and like some dudes. So yeah, like, I. See, we'll we'll get we're gonna break down. I'm gonna try to break down this. Yeah, let's start from the the beginning. Okay. So yeah, the the beginning scene. Um, we meet uh 
I guess, a bunch of guys who we don't even know because we're never going to know them because they're all about to die by ninja. But we see, like, a, a drug deal going on, like a cocaine deal. Yeah. And, I, I, I remember, remember me saying it reminded me of Beverly Hills Ninja. Yes. No. Yeah. Did kind of feel similar to the beginning of that movie, or at least the vibe of that movie. Like the, the Florida dark <laughs> synthy vibe but yeah. for some reason like swampy I, I don't know why i don't know why i thought of chris farley but some dude in the movie looked exactly yes, like chris there was farley. a guy there was a big blonde guy who definitely it was especially he had glasses for most of it but when he took off the glasses he immediately was farleyized but so yeah, yeah these guys are these guys are selling some coke to some other guys and they all got like uzis and stuff and uh, one of the things that I think is really funny about this movie is you notice how, like, multicultural all the gangs are in this movie. And, like, yeah, and uh, and um, not just multicultural. Uh, uh, they're just like there's a lot of um, diversity. There's women. There's like there's like ninjas working with white bikers. Okay, well, like, OK. Uh, since you mentioned the Uzis. Yeah. Like. The only time I've ever seen guns used was in that opening scene. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's a and then the, and they weren't even shooting anything. They were shooting at stuff off screen that you could. But who? They, like Ninjas the first one, like the the dude jumped on the car and like looked like he was shooting at his friends that ran in front of the car. Yeah. Well, maybe I see. I still think that was you pointed like, that out actually. Basically. Yeah, I did. Uh, but I think that was also like. Um, I think what I, I said this when we were watching it uh, that it would maybe it was like he was shooting uh, the, at the the guys that they were buying the coke from like he thought they were they had, like double crossed him. They should have put in a line where a guy was like you double crossed us. There yeah. no <laughs> There's plenty of ADRs that would definitely fit in with the rest of the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Well, uh, ADR um, automated dialogue replacement. I believe that is what that stands for is uh, overdubs in movies like that yeah, where they yeah. add dialogue later. And uh, this movie has a lot of it and a lot of it that doesn't match up with the actor's mouth. Do you think they were proud of it, like the final product? No, but we'll get into that okay. in a little bit. No, they weren't. They weren't. It was, like I said in the little opening there, it was a critical and commercial success. So, okay, so I mean, like, uh, failure, failure, not success. <laughs> so after that first, like, drug... <laughs> scene yes well let's it, it, yeah like, basically it like a nightclub with the with well the before bands. that let's explain that just quick that uh yeah so the the ninjas show up and uh they attack the guys and the coke deal goes sour and then the ninjas grab kill a bunch of them and grab the coke and run away and then you see um the uh you see them bring the the coke back and you see the bad guy for the first time yoshida who is a white ninja and he yells at them because they forgot the most important thing. Oh, yeah. The money. The money. Yeah, so, um, and then we get to the nightclub, correct. Pretty much. I think there might be something. And then there was the weird nightclub. wooden block thing in the background. Like, it yes, there was. Minecraft. Yes, and... there was like a Minecraft statue in the background. But yeah, so you're yeah. established, I guess, that these this guy's a, yeah, some sort yeah. of drug thief. I guess he's going to resell it. And... and he's the connection to Miami. Yes, but we don't so... know who he's connected to just yet. So then we see, yeah, Yoshida goes to some nightclub and he meets his buddy, Jeff. A friend! You mentioned her. Jeff. A friend! Yes, uh, Jeff um, is, uh, I guess, a cr he's a local criminal. He has a gym, um, which we find out later. But yeah, he's some sort of local criminal. I guess he's a biker, or he's biker adjacent. 
and ninja adjacent. He's friends with Yoshida. And in fact, way later. Well, for, we, can't, we, we can't forget to mention Jim. Oh, we're going to get to the dragon sound in just a second. Oh, okay. We're going right. well, to establish can't these forget Jim. So, like, so apparently Jeff and Yoshida are working together. They go in and they, Jeff sees his sister on stage with this band. This fucking band called motherfucking Dragon Sound. Jeff, this is my friend John. Well, Jeff, I heard a lot of good things about you. Where'd you find this son of a bitch? He's a friend of mine from school. A friend? Oh, yeah, that's the, yeah, the Rogaine, Rogaine Jeff, right? Rogaine Jeff. Yeah, he looks like he, I'm so, I'm so excited now that you made that joke earlier when we were watching it, because then I opened up the little booklet in my Miami Connection, and we found out that the guy who played Jeff is bald, and he was wearing a toupee in the movie, <laughs> and I never knew that. And we also found out something else, which we'll get back to later. Yeah, yeah, we can. But, uh, Jeff. Shut up! Is, um... Not pleased that his his sister is hanging out with his band Dragon Sound. And Dragon Sound is ripping into their first song of the evening. And who kisses who? Well, that's true. That's she kisses the bass player right in front of her brother, and that is a big no-no, I guess. But Yoshida's like, hey man, whatever. We're we're rerun this town. We're stealing. Oh, no, what, right. what did you say? What was your line? Uh um I'll get out of here and I'll say you're terrible, or you're terrible or something like that. Oh, yeah. Later <laughs> she's fighting him. Yeah. Oh, I'll go home and also you're terrible. And also you're terrible. Yeah, she, um, well, she also, before that, she says that she doesn't like her brother. Um, and so, yeah, so this starts this whole, like, fight between Dragon Sound and the local gangs for some reason because they just, I really think it all starts with Jeff. Jeff is like a super over-possessive brother of his little sister who's in college. And I think these guys go to the same college. It's never actually expressly stated, but I think they do because it shows them carrying books on campus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They go to college, yeah. So, uh... Tell so, detail. So, like, yeah, they have that little scene where they're walking on campus and she's like, oh... Yeah, I have a brother. Um, thing is, I don't really like him all that much. And uh, that establishes that she doesn't like him all that much. Well, so that yeah, like, it's very way, clear. Way, that... way later on when he dies, you're like, oh, that's why she doesn't give a fuck that he's dead. But anyway. and then, Yeah, this movie gets really dark towards the end. Yeah, like, it I, does. I remember, like, halfway through, I'm like, are they just killing people? Or, like, they just, like, really hurting them, and then they just have to go home and recover or go to a hospital? Yeah, I mean, I just think and at like, first it, it escalated. You know, at first they were just beating guys up, and then it escalated into murder at the end. It was, yeah, we'll I, I didn't actually see that, like, first of all, I thought it was going to be over, like, 45 minutes yeah. before it was over. Yeah, had it more false endings than Lord of the Rings. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's also an editing thing, and, uh, I mean, we watched an alternate ending, so you kind of saw a little bit of that they could they edited it and they could have edited it in different ways. And right, we're uh, not the editing yet. No, we're not at that. Point. So where are we? So, uh, yeah. So, so uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about about friends forever. Um, 
that song, like yeah. the the one that I was talking about yes. earlier. Yes, <laughs> Prince Forever cool. is a great song, and it's what's also great about it is that. Like, don't you love it when you're in a movie and, or you're watching a movie and they play the full two and a half minute song when you're watching the movie? Like, isn't that like a great experience? Like, it literally becomes a music video. It's even better when they do it twice. And they well, do that like, in this movie. I did say that I would classify it as a musical. Yeah. So it definitely becomes a musical because I think like the first time I watched it. I didn't really know what to expect because literally, and I'm not going to like, obviously you guys out there in uh, TV land can't see this, but I mean, if you look at the cover of the movie, it's like you got YK Kim here, you know, Miami connection up at the top and it really like eighties, like pink and blue, like, you know, embossed writing. And then you got all like a ninja, you got like a guy playing guitar and like, yeah, well, and what a, else? A bunch of ninjas expect? on motorcycles, which I don't. I think you only see once in the movie. And I was like, "This looks really cool. What is this?" And the guy with the guitar was not enough for me to realize that that was going to happen. So I was quite shocked when I saw the band for the first time. I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! They're a band." They're, they're like the first half of the movie was the band. You well, yeah, I mean, but like, I'm just saying, like, the first time I watched it, I, no, yeah, from what you have seen, you're not expecting that to be the next thing. You like, I like from the first scene, I was like, is this like a gonna be about like cops or is this like a, a Jackie Chan ripoff? Is this like a, I thought it was gonna be like a Rumble in the Bronx I, type thing, like Jackie <clears throat> Chan, you know? It's like, uh, okay, so the first time, like, this was the first time I saw it, I enjoyed it as like a musical and like i didn't know what to expect after because i mean come on they were singing songs about like friendship and like oh like the, the nightclub owner was like oh no you need to like well this we, is we why... can't play music for children we gotta play music <laughs> yeah. for like you play music for old people well like the other thing about that is that that's why i think it classifies as a musical because okay so the very first song that they the very first song you hear is Escape from Miami, right? And that's kind of like yeah. your opening song, right? That's kind of like your overture or whatever, uh, it, or it takes pl that place. It's like the opening song. But then the first song by Dragon Sound establishes their b special bond as friends. It's literally about them. It's about the movie, you know what I mean? Like a song in a musical would. And that is followed up by Against the Ninja, which is also a song about what's actually going on in the movie. They're they're it, it's like a musical. The dude, like the, the the dude was literally shoving his foot in the guy's face. Oh, that's like yes, practicing taekwondo thing. on stage. Well, like, like they talk about that. And I'm about laughing about it. They like, wanted to be. They want to like spread the message of taekwondo, and I think that's also what the movie is supposed to be doing. Like at the end, at the very very end, where it's like the only way to achieve world peace is through pro wrestling or whatever the fuck it's that yeah, quote the, at the end. That's obviously whatever not what taekwondo like. message that movie. Yeah, but it was like, like there can only be only through the elimination of violence can there be peace. Yeah, on Earth, yeah, you know, can there be world peace? So like, um, I think that the whole movie was supposed to be like <laughs> it's like takes place in a world where taekwondo is wicked fucking cool, which is not this like world. the eighties. Like the eighties, yeah, is yeah. When when every like I was saying this we were watching it in eighties in some nineties but especially in late eighties movies there's all these movies where it's like a world where everyone knows karate and it's just everyone's constantly like doing karate kicks even like 
weird like like schlubby white dudes <laughs> then like the sound effects come out of nowhere oh dude like, okay yeah. sound effects <laughs> amazing Whoosh, like all right at the very Whoosh. beginning when it's showing the uh the credits and it sh- he jumps up and does like the the split <laughs> kick and it's like whoosh, whoosh, like oh it's amazing dude um but yeah so like you like you kind of started to mention there's another band in miami who uh also played at this club because apparently you get you get a lot of the exposition from like random yeah, that scenes. first band that like like open yeah, the, for them the band like, well, no they didn't they were okay they were playing they were they had dragon sounds job before and i didn't explain what that was so if you don't oh, know even if you've seen the movie shit yeah i missed that dragon sound is uh has a re a regency or whatever they call it a residency i'm sorry Res- regency, a yeah. regency a residency here Th- they're playing like they're the house band um so i'm the this other band of older dudes they were the old house band and uh they were fired by the promoter uh because he wanted a new young band to come in and they yell at each other and the guy's you know angry about that and he's like you play old people music and what are you in here for man waste hey, look, my time bitch. i thought i fired you what? Dude, yeah you fired me because of goddamn dragon sound that's bullshit they came in to play goddamn songs for kids now who you bullshit they play a lot better than you man you play now the goddamn music your music's for old hey, look, people buddy. Batman. You don't know what music's all about. I tell you what, are you deaf? You sure don't know how to play, I tell you that. That's my ass. Got it? Tell me, you're full of shit. They have a kung fu fight with the promoter because, like I said, everyone in the world knows karate in this movie. Yeah, um, and uh, then they just leave, and then they go and they join up with with Jeff, a friend. Uh, so now Jeff is also criminal band adjacent. Rogan, and that's what I couldn't tell. I mentioned this when we were watching it. Are, are they? They're like a, a criminal band, or they're like sort. They're like in with criminals. I don't. I think it's up for grabs, <laughs> pretty much. Because I didn't like, get it either. Like, I mean, I know it's my first time watching it, but like, they all seem like like I would not want to live in a world like that. Well, like, there's that scene where they go to the gym and they like they're like, "We want to talk to your boss." Like, it feels like they're they're also a criminal organization. They're just like they like work for the mafia, but they moonlight as fucking like a band. They do like Sinatra's classics in the bar or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, yeah. this is our only source of cash. I, I, it's, it's such a weird thing to me. Just and they all get in that same car, and it, like every time someone else is driving it. <laughs> that I okay, I don't know about that because I no, you know what? You're right. Now that I think about it, because YK Kim's driving it in one scene, and then tall, super tall guy in another scene, and then another scene. I remember like, uh, whose car is that? It's all of their cars because. They all pulled their money together. Yeah, yeah dude. In 1980. They, they are all. All parents. I didn't know. You had a father. Were their parents? We are all all parents. They, didn't you? Did you forget that scene where they explained that they don't have any parents except for Jim? Well, no, I heard it. Yeah, but I'm like, I was wondering. Okay, what, so, like... well, let, let me let, let's get to that because that's about what the next thing in the movie. Because so they they have a run in with the band and the band 
brings some of uh, Jeff's guys with him, and uh, they uh, pour beer. Yeah, on them. The dude they, leans into yeah, it. They like they like corner him on the street, and then the guy comes up and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey. He's like, do it to a dude," and he's like, "Hey," and he fucking pours beer on their heads, and yeah, like same way the guy leans into it, and then there's like this massive street fight in the middle of what I believe is like the the Cuban district of Miami, which is like I'm and still like yeah, I'm surprised still no got, cops in sight. Well, like, I'm just surprised they got to shoot there. Honestly, that they, they like yell. At, I mean, it was at night too. They're like yelling and running around. Like I don't know how they got permission to do that. So, but yeah, so there's they have a little showdown, and then our heroes escape, and then they start singing their song about against the ninja, and that brings us to probably the best scene in the movie. I can't remember if it's before or after Against the Ninja, but it's right around here. And to what we were just talking about before. So yeah, they're all orphans. We are all orphans. The movie reveals to us. I didn't I I didn't catch that. I okay. really I didn't so, catch that. This is what happened. So it's the scene where Jim gets a letter and the guy's like Oh, oh yeah, well, it's yeah, the, yeah, the it's black Amer- the black American <laughs> Jim. Yeah, so Jim gets a letter and uh jim this is what was so weird to me though okay the letter had a photo in it i guess they sent the photo maybe he like sent a photo and they sent it back i guess i don't know but like they they sent him a letter that said they didn't know where his father was and it had a photo of his father in it so you know um yeah what's his name mark yk kim sees the the photo and he's like who is this it looks like your brother and he doesn't say it like that but I'm not going to do an impression of his voice because that would be racist. We are all orphans. Um, <laughs> but he is very, he does not speak English very well in this film, and he's 80 yard pretty much the whole time, so that's rough um, to listen to. But I love him, and he does a fantastic job with what he's got. Bums your friends. There's just some misunderstanding. You don't understand. I'm her brother. When I tell you to leave her alone, leave her alone. Whatever you say. Just remember what I said if you don't want to get hurt. Don't scare me at all. Jane, I want to talk at to you all. later. Goodbye. Uh, but so I can't get mad. He's like, it looks like your brother. And uh, Jim is like, it's my father. And YK Kim says, one of my favorite lines ever, I didn't know you had a father. I thought we are all orphans. <laughs> I thought we are all orphans. Yeah. So... That was never explained until that moment, and now it's canon. So they were all—they're all orphans, and they all live together in the same house. And Jim walks around with his pants unzipped, so his underwear is sticking yeah. out. Yeah, what the fuck was with that? Actually, <laughs> he like... goes outside like that. Oh, uh, uh, actually, uh, yeah. Speak, wait, speak. wait, I gotta point this out okay. because when he did go outside like that, you had a great line. You're just like, "It's Florida." <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, it, is, it is Florida. <laughs> it is Florida, and that's what people do in Florida, I guess. But yeah, so five grown men who are in a band and live together and are all orphans, except for one of them was hiding his terrible secret that he had a father. He wasn't really an orphan. So, and, and that's they're, that. And they're all uh, karate people. They're all but, taekwondo black belts. That's, you know, black belt. Yeah, yes, no. that's another thing. That's another piece of exposition you might miss because one character mentions it in a random yeah, like, scene. The one like pet peeve of this movie mm. is that dude with the fucking chest hair that wore <laughs> okay his yes. shirt cut mm-hmm. down with to his cur- belly button, the curly mullet and the mustache. Yes. All right. The way he looked, looked like he looked like Freddie Mercury, not like Freddie right. Mercury was a bad looking person. So the way I'm gonna break it down the way he, is that you have. You have YK Kim, who's Korean, right? So you have Korean guy, 
you have half Korean, half Black American guy Jim because that's literally how he describes himself. Um, then you have a uh, tall Irish guy because later on there's a scene where the guy goes over where they're all from, and then you have Jewish guy who's the drummer, and then you have uh, this guy who I will call Italian guy because he's from, they say he's from Italy. Oh, that dude. That's yeah. this is chest hair man. This is the guy you hate? Yeah, yeah. So he's also the one of the singers. Yeah, I think he looks more Greek, but okay. It could be Greek too, but he's one of the singers and he is the lead guitar player of the group. He's the one that holds the guitar without a strap and yes. like doesn't know how to play and just. He's, like, he's also the worst fighter of all of them, and he's the one that I think because. All right, yeah, they say, didn't really show much of him after. He didn't like, do anything. That's it. And then he got captured, and that was it. But so he was... Okay, I th- here, the thing about this movie that I, I told you, a lot of people who might have seen it might not know this. Most of the actors in the movie are uh, students of YK Kim. I think this guy wasn't. I think he was the music guy. And that's why his character is the music guy. Like, it shows him near the end of the movie, he's writing the song. Like... He probably then that's why he looks like he actually knows how to play guitar and shit. I think he wrote the songs for the movie. Really? Yeah. So or is, like is that that dude? Like I don't know if that's true. That's just my guess because like like we were just saying, he's the only one who doesn't. All the other people in the band seem to have some sort of rudiment. They know how to kick. They seem like they're yeah, probably yeah. students of him. Maybe to the least extent, Jim. But the, the like he doesn't seem like he's actually knows how to do any sort of martial arts because <laughs> he does that one thing where he jumps up on the guy and does like a he puts his legs around oh, his the neck. ankle like yeah. a little ankle touch it's like some sort of like, hurricane rana like, type boop, move but like just like kind of like lightly touches him yeah with the ankles yeah it's gr- it's a great move Come but on. The, the guy the guy twists out of it you know he twists right out the guy was prepared for it i guess but right <laughs> so um yeah and there was, there's also an amazing amount of cut off shirts in this, I couldn't believe how far the cut can go down. Yeah. Like, yeah. this belly button is exposed. <laughs> there is a couple of half shirts, yeah. there I, More than a couple. But, probably at least ten yeah. half shirts. There was we, a scene where there was seven people in the scene wearing <laughs> cut-off t-shirts. Yeah. Except for the guy with the jacket cut, covering up the cut-off t-shirt. Exactly. Um... So yeah, the style is. I mean, there's another guy. Okay, my favorite outfit in the movie is in the the scene with the guy. They pour the beer on him. The like band leader guy. He's mm. got a black cut off shirt, tucked in to hot. You know, his pulled up high waisted freaking denim jeans, and he's got a bandana wrapped around his neck like a kerchief. And he's got like a scally cap, <laughs> like not even a scally cap. It's like a, a yeah, newsboy cap, some, yeah. you know, it is, it is like, it is like Billy Joel or like, he, you know, you know what it, so he looks like he dressed up for West Side Story and everyone else dressed up for by <laughs> it. He came to the wrong movie. Like, <laughs> right. Like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when do we start snapping? Hey, this this is a musical, so 
Um, it was actually. So yeah, uh, so we find out after we find out that Jim has a father, that becomes another plot point in the story. That now we got to find his father, but also they still have Cue to the deal. Synth. They still have to deal with uh, the bad guys. And this is the thing I pointed out when we were watching it. It's kind of weird how the narrative of this movie works because it's like in most movies you have like, you know, you have like a, I call it a mini boss to describe it, but you know, you have a preceding yeah. villain. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. You know, sometimes it's a red herring if it's a mystery, but in an action movie, it's usually like the underling of the boss, you know, and there's usually like a couple of them and it gets like a video right, game. You got to climb the ladder, dude. Right. You gotta, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. a video game. You have to get up to the final guy. So, but in this movie, it kind of does the opposite in the sense that like they go and they fight Jeff. Like Jeff is like, all right, we're going to have a showdown then. So they, and he does it by leaving a note and a piece of paper, like lined paper on their car. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to go to the showdown. And you don't know what it ever says in the paper. They just, like, react to it without reading it. So, like, you're like, okay, I guess it was, like, meet us here and we're, we'll fight it out. So they meet him at, like, a train yard and they have, like, a battle, right? And then our brave heroes are successful. They, the cops show up. And oh, uh, the fucking cops. And the cops got to get these gangs out of Central Florida. And that's it. Yep. That's okay. All you see yeah. the police in that entire yeah. goddamn movie. I believe those were real police, too. They look like it. Or they could have been strippers, but whatever. I, they, they, they look more like strippers to me. But they, they, I mean, I don't know. A lot of my favorite part about it was that. To be honest. What's that? Uh, what was uh, the. Uh, Oh no, the dude, uh, the big dude with the fucking uh, the staff spinning around in the oh. background, like or or like just everybody, yeah, like no one ever waiting fighting. their turn to try to fight the dude. Yep. Like they're really trying to kill this dude, but they can't actually just hit him because like if you get too close, he's like Jackie Chan, man. You get too close to him, man, anything could happen. They're like if, waiting like, for the right. Someone moment. had an axe. I saw someone holding an axe. And his back was turned to him. Just fucking swing the axe at him. That was always one of my problems with a, a amazing scene. There's a little bit of that in the crazy 88s scene in Kill Bill. Where, like, you're like, there's all these guys surrounding her. Like, he does a pretty good job of making it realistic enough that, like, and still campy enough that it fits with the story. Yeah. But, like, there's a little bit of, like, there's 88 swords around you technically like how are you gonna block everybody at you once can't. you know you can't right and in this movie it's way more of just guys standing around but so they they defeat jeff kind of they have like a showdown the cops come they all run off and then dragon sound is gonna have to fight them again but they act like they're like done and they're like okay yeah, see, i thought the movie was the over that. that yeah well, and then, and then, uh, that's like one of the first times where it seems like it's going to be over. And then they kidnap Italian guy, your least favorite Italian guy. Italian guy, yeah. Yep. And, uh, and he's, and, and they take him away and that forces a second showdown. Don't so, say my least favorite. Like, I'm not like. Well, that's what you said. Italian. You said, I hate that guy. Well, I, I, I hated him, but I don't hate Italians. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. No, no. I, I'm, I, not, I'm, I'm kind of Italian. I'm, <laughs> I, actually, I'm not. But so, but uh, shit, no, but yeah, so like, that having like, this out. <laughs> it's like if, it's like if, um, you know, in Die Hard, like John McClane just like beat up Carl and then, and then like, like early on in the movie, he like defeated Carl and then Carl came back later and he had to defeat him again. Like usually it's not how the narrative works. 
it would be like now Yoshida would be like, I'm gonna send some ninjas after them, and then they'd like kill a ninja, and then oh yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, we about that. Like, right, out, just like just send the ninjas, right? Like it would but, force nope. the final showdown. But so no, I mean it still does, but it's just different. So they they kidnap Italian guy, which forces the second showdown of the movie where they must go at night and try to rescue him. Oh, there's the night one. Yes. Oh, okay, I was thinking about yeah. the forest battle. And so like now the bad guys are in like. Uh, some other sort of abandoned industrial area in the swamp and they have them like tied up on like a platform and uh, our heroes arrive and they have wooden bokens or training katanas and they start whipping all these guys butts and you made a good point here go ahead with it that one dude that got his face fucking or like a shoulder cut or whatever neck yeah it was neck shoulder whatever yeah like like, it was cut like blood was Oozing out of that shit. Would have had to hit him with the power of a thousand suns. Yes. (laughs) To do that much. Like, I, because I I remember. cut flesh and bones. Yeah, because I said at that moment, I was like, wait, did they have swords all of a sudden? Like, and it was like, nope. Later on, you could see it. It was like, nope, that's a wooden sword. Because he was like blocking. Yeah, it was a wood. Yeah, you could clearly see. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. There's something wrong here. How did he speak? Split that guy's skin. Oh, how did he chop into that guy? Like that would never happen. I don't think. I don't think that's literally. I, mean, I don't think that's possible. I don't think so either. That would just break someone's just bones. Like, yeah, it might break your shoulder. It's not gonna. Like, yeah, like a bludgeoning go weapon. down to, towards your clavicle and like <laughs> just spew blood. But yeah, yeah, it was. That's the other thing too. It was literally like squirting yeah, blood. Yeah, it was like you saw. Like, yeah, there was some impressively bad gore in this movie. There's like another scene later when the final showdown where a ninja gets his face like cut and it looks really shitty. And there was the guy at the. Oh, we totally skipped over this. My one of the best parts of the movie is at the very beginning, the guy who runs up and gets his arm cut off. And he's oh like, yeah, that dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would Great. That's like, a, I know the first one was the shuriken. Oh, yeah, like, the Shuruki, you're right. That was the first one. Then, like, I think the second one was the one you're talking about, but like. There's also, um, it's kind of like uh, in uh, Samurai Cop, where the guy gets his arm cut off. Except for in Samurai Cop, this, the guy threw a sword at him and it cut his arm off. But this is still a good one. And you get that impressive, like, um, Troll 2 style, oh my god, moment yeah. of just a guy like, no. After I mean, would seriously, if you got your arm cut off, would you would you be like no, or you just be like oh fuck, and then I'd probably like fall over and not make too much exactly. I'd I'd probably be like oh my god, my life's over. (laughs) Like this is it. (laughs) Um, Take me home. But you know, obviously, one arms people can do anything. Two arms people can do, except for play guitar, which would make me really sad. But props Mm. to that guy's acting. But anyway, so um. Oh, we were, uh, there was a point I was going to make, uh, we were left off, but, uh, oh, at, at, the, at the night fight or at the, the, at the opening. No, no, the, uh, the fight. Oh, no, we're getting to the forest fight, right? Well, that would be the next part. We still have to get through this next bit here because so at this, this night fight where they're trying to rescue their, their pal, Italian guy, um, cause literally I like know, so we have Mark and we have Jim and then I don't Italian know the guy. Yeah, I don't know the other three's names. I like know that they have. I don't names. think they ever disclose that information. I like. think they do in this again because we kind of skipped over this scene. But um, in there's a there's like a seven minute sequence where most of it is them doing taekwondo sparring. 
This guy comes in here, he says he needs to talk to you. What do you want? I'm the leader of a group that played out of Park Avenue. We got fired and then the new group beat us up. So what? I need you to get rid of them. Get my job back. If you do, I'll join up with you. It's just one thing you gotta know. They're all black belts in Taekwondo and they're pretty bad. If you get my job back for me, any money I make is yours. It's a damn band again. Yeah, and, no, um, like that took up like half the movie actually. And then them like drinking like I don't know, I guess it was like some sort of energy drink and like sitting at a table talking about going on tour. And in that scene they say his name. I think it might even be Joshua or something because that was that's the actor's the, like or the John actor's or Joshua or something. Yeah. And like I mentioned like, like three times we were watching it, that's the dude who also he was roped into being the uh, one of the assistant directors and the uh, screenwriter for this movie, even though all he was he was just a student of YK Kim's. He was just a regular guy. And they were like, Can you do a screenwriting? And he was like, Sure, I'll try it and then read a book about screenwriting and punched up this script to make it a movie that actually was cohesive in some way because apparently it wasn't before which could i can only imagine what the original cut would have been if it this cut is this i kind of i want i want to see that me too but like uh but it, it's, like, it's i thought the movie was over it after like you know like 30 30 minutes like, well yeah because like, at this point well let's so this is this is kind of like where we think the the ending is going to come because um so you have you have that scene, there's a scene where you see, I mean, there's a bunch of useless scenes in this movie that they just threw in. Like, there's a scene where Yoshida the ninja and Jeff go to a bar with some bikers, and that's where you get our yeah. boobies in the movie. And uh, just uh, them, like... They start, like, flashing boobies, like, left and right. Like, right. Like, they saved it for the last, well, like... <laughs> literally, literally, just... there's... The way the scene plays out is, like, Yoshida rides up on his motorcycle. Jeff comes up. They're like, hey, what's up? Jeff's like, oh, I got to talk to you about that band. Yoshida's like, let's not talk about business. They go inside. They go to the bar, get some drinks. And then there's a scene where it's just them talking, yeah. but there's no dialogue. So it's just like, then they had a private conversation. <laughs> and then the scene's over. And you're like, what was the point? Okay, whatever. I guess they're pals. It's establishing their pals or something. But that leads us to, like I said, this big showdown um, wherein Jeff falls off of the scaffolding and dies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Yoshida's really sad, but his little sister is like happy about it. She's like they're like apologizing to her and she's like, "Oh, it's fine, whatever." Like <laughs> I'm happy for you guys. And then oh, and Jim gets a letter that he found they found his father. Yay, guys, I found my father. Right. And they lift him up on their shoulders, and it's freeze frame. And you're like, okay. The freeze frame killed me. Like, yeah. I was like, is that it? Yeah, because that's what you like, think. I'm like, wait, that's the end of the movie. I must be missing a lot of shit from, like, it's just like. This is why I want Okay, here's the thing about that that I want to know. Because, okay, when you're editing a movie, right, there's only really one reason you would use a freeze frame other than for dramatic effects. And usually you do that at, like, the end of, the very end of the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. The other reason is because whatever you have on camera after those next few moments is unusable in the film. So either they stopped acting 
or you shut off the cameras. That's what I always want to know. So either that was intended to be the end of the movie and then they were just like, fuck it and threw it in. Or it's because of one of those reasons. It's They have unusable footage and they're like, we'll just freeze frame it. I I mean, I've only seen it once, but I, I really think it was just because that they're like, this is dramatic enough that we can do this. <laughs> and just left it in. Yeah. And like, fuck it. Maybe. I, that, that might work. Like, I, I this, don't know. This movie Oops. did have a uh, good cinematographer. I just looked this up. The guy's name was uh, Maximo. Like when they were running through the yeah. fucking, uh, like, there was that scene, like, where they were, like, running through the woods and shit, like, that. It was pretty good, like, oh, yeah. the camera work was pretty good. Definitely, there. definitely. Um, the guy's name was Maximo Philippe uh, Munzi, and he was an Argentine-born cinematographer. He had a 30-year career, and he worked on 104 films. And it's funny that I was reading about YK Kim, and uh, he, I, I, this has got to be another connection, because we were talking about this a lot in the movie. It feels like a lot, a lot of favors were called in. Like for locations, for actors. Oh yeah, like the like the school yep. and uh, the, yep. the the festival, check, like the yeah, biker check, festival. Whatever. Check this out. In 1976, YK Kim moved to Buenos Aires, Argentina, and taught taekwondo there. So perhaps he met him there. I didn't see that anywhere, but that's just a theory. Hmm. Because yeah, there's a doctor that I was like, that's totally his doctor, and there's oh, like yeah, a. Yeah, like, there's like a restaurant that they're eating in, and I'm like, he knows the guy who owns that restaurant. Especially after Jim, uh, like, well, doesn't die, but dies, yeah. and whatever, quote unquote. Spoiler. Yeah, they go to the, sorry, the hospital, and like that, that it, it, the dude that played his dad is like the worst. That was actor. the worst yeah. acting ever. Jim was extremely fortunate. The wounds weren't as deep as we initially thought. He did lose a lot of blood, but there was very little internal damage. Oh, thank God. When can we see him? He'll be out shortly. I'm going to leave him under your care tonight. He needs plenty of rest. If you have any problems, just give me a call. Thank you, Doctor. Your being here has meant a lot to Jim. Mark, I don't know how, but I swear I'm going to make right what I have done wrong. Today, I almost lost Jim for the second time. But because of you, he's still alive. Well, we're going to get to that in one sec. So Yoshida finds out that Jeff's dead and he's really sad um, and he wants revenge. So they, so YK Kim. This is when the body count starts yeah, rising rapidly. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is, it goes zero to 11. This is like, this is like Krampus. You ever seen Krampus? No, I haven't actually. The beginning of Krampus is like. So it, there's like a switch that happens in that movie where all of a sudden it just ramps up to like a thousand. Anyway, I just watched it the other day, so I'm just thinking about it. But uh, so sorry. so in um never seen it. in this movie that's about to happen, like you said. So uh basically, uh, Irish tall guy, YK Kim, and uh, our esteemed Jim in his nice suit, they're gonna go meet uh, Jim's dad. And they so they go to meet Jim's dad. Oh when, yeah, that suit. That, yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty good suit. Well, like, yeah, I don't know why like, he you put look it like on. A, you look like a lawyer or something. They get, they go yeah. like they go to the store and try it on with him. And um, but so they they go to drive him to the airport. And they're gonna pick up his dad who's flying in. When they are stopped by the ninjas, the ninjas, oh, ninjas. Yep, and the ninjas chase them into the forest and. 
Jim is tragically sliced with a sword. So to anyone like that think we're making this shit up, this is an actual fucking movie. Yeah, it really is. And if you're listening this long and haven't seen it, then like you should already all know this stuff. Yeah, and have right, watched like, it. But yeah. hey, but still true, true. This is all real. If the ninjas chase him in the forest. Even if you've seen it and it felt like a fever dream, I own it. I actually have two copies of it. I love this fucking movie. It might be my favorite movie to like to watch. Like I don't think it's the best movie, obviously, but I think it's my favorite. But so, um, hey, wonderfully awful, right? Exactly. So, uh, Jim, they chase him in the forest. They chase him in the forest, and Jim gets sliced with a katana. And then, because of that, YK Kim and uh, an Irish guy go fucking bananas. They take take swords from the ninjas and start indiscriminately murdering them. In the end, we counted eleven bodies 11 bodies like, well, 12 uh, there was 12 but then like the other dude like crawled back no to, no, no uh, it was 12 and inc- because we did at that point we hadn't counted yoshida yet so yeah it was 12 okay, including yeah. the yeah. 11 11 the lower ninjas and and the bad guy yeah they just start mowing people down and i cannot imagine i can't imagine that these people aren't you know they don't have like social security numbers they're not like citizens of some country they're human beings like no one's going to be looking for like their dad who moonlights as a ninja like it just seems it seems a little much it's like wow you guys literally didn't have to kill them all you haven't they hadn't killed anybody in the movie yet they were like yeah no they just started well and they also they start like screaming and like they're covered in blood and they go like berserk on these guys then the then fucking uh the white ninja dude came up fucking uh yes are, um, well, I, after cutting off the head of some other dude that like just crawled away, how how long do you think he crawled for? Like a long time, a <laughs> long mean, time. It seems like days, but it was only like a couple minutes. It, it, well, yeah, there's like three or four ninjas that they um that they kill who are actually running away from them when they are killed oh, like yeah, they, they might even turn but like to me that's like self-defense you're like whoa this guy's chasing me i'm trying to run away like <laughs> they're running away and you're just coming up and yeah just fucking they, them. they definitely committed some some uh minor felonies at the end of the ninja movie. code yeah. felonies and uh but so this this uh gradual murder of ninjas leads to our you know final showdown between yk kim and yoshida and this is when who is not actually Yoshida. You pointed this out. I kind of was like, I was like, something wrong about this guy. And then you said it um, that there is something different about this guy's eyebrows, yeah, his eyes, and yeah. everything. And so we're watching it, and we're like, yeah, this guy's totally not the same actor who played Yoshida. This is a different guy. And it becomes even more clear when you literally can see his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> when his little, uh, yep, when his uh, gi or whatever you want to call his it, gi uh, is, it comes open. Trump's t- Dude, I have you seen... can see his full facial hair yep. and like his full face, and it's not Yoshida, yeah. right? When yeah. I tell people I've seen this movie, I'll say I've seen this movie a hundred times. I probably really haven't seen it a hundred times. I've seen this movie in full, sat down and watched it more than 20 times never have noticed that before i've always felt weird about the scene but i've never noticed it's a smoking gun i'm gonna post it on my movies better 
uh, a picture of it. I'll eventually. I probably won't. I always say this in episodes that yeah, I never whatever. Did, so. I mean, but yeah, I, it's it's clearly mustache, and yeah. we found proof in the booklet that came yeah. with my yeah. Blu-ray. There is a photo of the actor who played, and we mentioned it earlier. We can also see that he's bald and wore a toupee. Uh, the actor plays Jeff. Wearing Jeff. wearing the gi and covered in blood from the final shot, and them all probably the day they wrapped. There's molds like there which is. is another thing I love. The final scene in the movie is the day they wrapped. Beautiful. That's a that's the way to make a movie right there. Mm. Um, and so our heroes have won, but Jim, but but Jim is dying, and as they drive back to the hospital, Jim dies in the car. And the plane with his father. No, I'm just kidding. That's the alternate ending. ending. They get back to the hospital. Jim's okay. His father literally says, I feel so bad about all my past transgressions. (laughs) (laughs) But he kind of laughs when he says it, too. It's weird. Yeah, but he also vows to be a better man, I guess. And that's the worst acting of the movie, I think. Well, because to kind of backtrack, I mean, we mentioned the whole scene with the letter, but we didn't really get into it. Yeah. Um, Jim's soliloquy in that scene is one of my favorite moments in any movie it's hilarious and it's not intended to be he gives his heartfelt soliloquy you know and he says my mother was korean and my father was black american oh yeah literally what he says and then he tells the story about how his dad was in the military and then he got out of military duty and he just left he just took off and abandoned his him and his mom. And I guess that his mom died. He never says that. But if he was an orphan, his mom must have died then. And then his dad just like what I guess was like a, somewhere else while he grew up. And the dude has got the dude's older than I am right now. I swear to God, that actor is like 35 at the very least. So it's like his whole life. His dad just was gone. And now he's like, oh, I'm back and I'm going to change all my ways because my son almost died. I call bullshit on that guy. Yeah. yeah. I don't trust him, man. Watch out, Jim. But Jim's happy. They're reunited. And as they walk away, you get your final freeze frame. And that's it. World then, peace uh, can be achieved. He just he just dies. Yeah. So as then I mentioned, they, yeah. <laughs> then an airplane flies overhead as they're driving him to the. This, yeah. They, and for it, some reason, they pull over. They well, because he's because he, he right before that when they pull over, he goes, "He's dying. He's dying." Like like, well, keep going to the hospital. But like he says it away like they're not going to make it or something. Yeah. And also, uh, here's what, I got. I got something else to say about okay. that. So right. that so like you said, the airplane flies over, and another great line that sadly isn't in the movie. It's in the alternate ending, so it's not really in the movie. But um, the Irish guy goes, oh, man, his dad, his father's on that plane. Yeah. But he says it so, like, aw, shucks. Like, yeah, it's, like, dubbed in, too. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, like, a, yeah, the plane ADR. flies overhead. Like, it, it right. ruins the audio as well. So he's like, oh, his father's on that plane. So here's my theory. They weren't heading to the hospital. They were heading to the airport. They were trying to get him to see his father before he died or something like that is all I could think because they're right next to the airport. The airport was within but, uh, sight where too, they pulled over. There was the fence where people sit and watch plane. Like that's yeah, literally yeah, the airport yeah. on the other side of that fence. Like, so they were driving to the airport, not the hospital, man. Which and I'm so glad that's not how the movie ended, though it would have been. Like more, funny I kind of would have liked it a little bit more. <laughs> it would have been funnier I mean, for the I, sheer ridiculousness. I did like it. 
but I did when, like it. I when I first saw that because when I first got the DVD, I immediately watched it, and then I was looking at special features and I saw alternate ending, and I knew what that meant. I was like, that Jim's gonna die in that. I know that's what that is. I watched it. I was like, hell yeah! And then I made a post on Facebook about it. There's a bunch of people who were like, wait, what is that real? And I was like, dude, it's real. It's real as fuck. I can't even believe it's real, but yes, it's real. Like if you've seen the movie, yes, there is an alternate ending where Jim fucking dies. They considered ending the movie with Jim dying and that's it and that was and it was literally the end of the movie the way it ends is that jim dies and they like we said the plane flies over and then it cuts to the 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 slow motion scene of uh yk kim in the jungle with this katana oh, yeah just yelling like, angry and like <laughs> yep and then and then end and that would have been the end of the movie much worse than a happy ending where everything's tied up and everybody can live and in the peace. freeze frame at the end the second freeze frame yep. of the movie and i also think you pointed this out it's interesting that in that last scene you see like you see, so in the, in the final scene they're wheeling jim out and you have yk kim you have tall irish guy you have father and you have uh the drummer there a jewish guy and and jim obviously in the wheelchair yeah and that's it you oh, you don't see the, the you singer. Don't, like, yep, you, you don't, don't see, see the, the girl. Italian guy. You don't see the girl. And I'm convinced that's because they didn't have him to shoot anymore. And they were, these were, they, they, they literally were going with the death ending. And someone was like, dude, don't do that. That's going to ruin this movie. And which, if it wasn't already. And so they did a reshoot with the ending that they made, which is why they couldn't get, they couldn't get any of the actors. They were off, you know, because I don't, I think the girl, like I said, I think the 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 guy, the Italian guy, was the music guy. So he was, you know, off doing his thing. He, they couldn't yeah, get him to shoot yeah. anymore. And the girl was probably an actress they they hired. She was obviously not like a, a, a taekwondo student either. So they probably couldn't get them anymore, and they had to do reshoots, you know, to to make yeah, the yeah. ending fit up. So they did a reshoot without everybody because you would think in that scene. So they, they a really, normal movie, all those characters would be there. Yeah, so they really had to accommodate everyone's, like, quitting. Yeah. And, like, uh, just, like, shit changing all the time. Be like, all right, hey, well, let's well, just that, wrap this up. Like, that's a thing, too. That, that's a thing, too, in uh, bad movies. Like, you have uh, The Room has an actor who just is there for a couple scenes. I think his name's Peter. And then he's just gone because in real life, the actor quit. And also, uh, another one I love is in Samurai Cop. I don't know. Have you ever seen Samurai Cop? No. Oh, good. Because that's going to be not. episode two of this show. We're going to watch Samurai Cop. Off. Yeah. Um, so in Samurai Cop, there's a similar thing where at the beginning of the movie, there's an obvious reshoot because the, the main actor who plays Samurai Cop must have cut his hair because um, he's obviously wearing a wig. It's like the most obvious wig of all time. So like, there's a lot of... there's a, a uh, continuity in bad movies of bad reshoots so this one just fits so Miami Connection is your favorite bad movie yeah, or, okay. yeah. Right. it's definitely my favorite bad movie and it's one of my favorite movies in general I mean, we're, like, definitely, we're definitely going to do more of these it's just like, I'm like trying to think of like, my oh, favorite I have, I have a whole list for you man I got like we're going to cover Hard Ticket to Hawaii uh, we're, we're definitely going to cover The Room uh, have you seen the room? I have not actually. Okay. You've seen like clips from it and stuff. Yes, though, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I know what it's about. From, from yeah, knowing yeah. you, 
I pretty much know the entire movie, right. but I haven't seen it. Well, that's perfect, because that's kind of what I want to do in this podcast. I want to show you mainly movies you've never seen and get like your first and your your real first impressions from them. And these are all, for the most part, movies I've seen a couple of times. So I have like a different idea of what we're seeing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot of them out there. And the thing is, is that, like, I, I have a very special place in my heart for these type of movies because there's one thing that I find in common with almost all of them. They're made by maverick directors who might not always be the best people who have done horrible things sometimes, but there's something about that spirit of like entrepreneur entrepreneurship or whatever, yeah. uh, of going out and making your own movie and doing it so ineptly, but still hitting like like making it still enjoyable that's why i wanted to pick this movie first i think out of all the bad movies this is the one you can actually sit down and watch like it's just a regular movie it's a yeah you know like the room is like an experience where you're like gonna be laughing more because of there's outright ridiculousness that only a mind like tommy was so could ever put together into a film same thing with neil i think like i think this one is definitely a first like a good one to start with just to open up like this let's see if it actually does become a podcast. Wonderful. Well, yeah, I definitely and, uh, want to do it as like a side thing, you know, and and keep yeah. going. And so, yeah, like I said, uh, might as well just jump right into this next week, or you know, I always say it next week, next episode when we get to it, um, is going to be on Samurai Cop. That, Samurai Cop, one yeah. of my other favorite we'll movies of all time in this genre. Similar yet totally different in some ways. Um, and so, yeah, if you haven't ever seen the movie Samurai Cop, you should go out and buy it. I'm not even kidding. Take my word for it. Go out and buy it. It's worth it. Or you can just watch it for free online. But you're going to want to buy it after you see it, I think. I know I did. It's amazing. Um, and I do support, like, just, like, giving money to these people. That maybe that yeah, they probably yeah. won't, like, think that they'll ever get anything. Exactly. Well, and it's like, oh. Some of the films now, like, this film is distributed by Draft House. I'm not sure how much money the people who worked on it get for it, but they get some sort of royalty for it. So it's, you know, and they definitely, like, have gotten exposure because of it. So I'll, actually, we might as well get into this, you know, as we're sort of wrapping up Miami Connection. A little bit of the, like the behind the scenes of it, which I mentioned at the very beginning. Um, this movie didn't do well, and then it was buried and it disappeared. And I believe it only got like it ran for like a couple weeks in like South Florida and Central Florida theaters. Like that was the only run it ever got, and it disappeared. Draft House, somebody found it. It became like a in studio sort of thing that got out somehow. It got out to the internet. People started to want to see it. Draft House decided to distribute it and. All of a sudden, these people who, who had been in a movie in 1987 were hearing, like, yeah, people are watching this movie again. And it's similar to what happened with the same thing actually happened with The Room and with Samurai Cop. Um, obviously, like, now there's The Disaster Artist, a Hollywood film about The Room. There's mm. a Samurai Cop 2, which is terrible. But still, uh, even there's another whole director I can't wait to show you who did... Um, he did Samurai Cop, and uh, he did a ton of other movies that we could put on this podcast, um, including Killing American Style, uh, Young Rebels, and Hollywood Cop, which I still have had trouble finding, 
but is an amazing movie. And he, this director remade it in like 2012. So there's a Hollywood cop from like the eighties and he has a remake that he made in 2012. So like some of these guys are successful and are still making movies. I don't know where they get the money to do it. I don't know if enough people are buying them, but in the case of Miami connection, this was something like YK Kim lived with his whole life. Um, as like a deep shame and embarrassment that he didn't want anybody to know about. And then he saw this like great critical reception years later and was like, oh, that was actually kind of awesome. And now he does like tons of like screenings of it and answers questions and panels and all that shit. Like it's become like his life again. Do you think it was actually he was trying to incorporate that into his life or was he just like trying to capitalize off of it? I think he's a guy who want he's a promoter of or, or he could just see people actually enjoying. I don't know. I don't honestly don't know about that because Something I think that he was a part of. mainly it was, and I remember, okay, so the first time I saw the movie, I didn't know anything about it. So I just made assumptions. And I remember when it got to that scene with the sparring for fucking four minutes. Yeah, right. I was <laughs> like, oh, this guy agreed to do this movie because they let it, and this is why they let him put this in. And then when I found out later it was his whole project, I was like, oh, this whole project was him trying to like promote Taekwondo to the world. Like, I think he had, he was a guy who was like a big picture person in a small world where like he was like, I'm going to shoot for the, the stars and try to make i think i can affect the world you know i think he just really believed in himself and i think that's kind of like weirdly partially the message like uh, of the especially movie. at the end of the, the the end of the like the quote at the end yep like uh what was it uh the, yeah we said it right earlier yeah we yeah only we, through the elimination of violence can we achieve peace, peace on Earth, yeah something, something yeah. like that yeah and like and also that explains why he like kind of put his toads in some dude's nose like yeah, he did do during that. a live stage performance yes, of uh, Dragon Dragon Sound. Dragon Sound. <laughs> I almost said Thunder Force for some reason. That was a Sega game. That was a great Sega game. By the way. <laughs> Thunder Force. But, <laughs> that was Thunder but, Force Four. Oh my god! They but yeah, had, like so metal music. I think like I think mainly it was yeah, it was his like. It was like just his dream or something. It was his big project. He really wanted to like do something big. And I yeah. think he thought this could be something big. And then he thought he failed. I think he saw the backlash from critics and saw that it wasn't going to be in like watched it and felt embarrassed. And he thought he had been a failure. So he just didn't want anybody to ever see it. He thought, you know, we were talking about it in the movie. It was like people would laugh at him or something, you know? Yeah. And by today's generate our generation and the one before us's standards stuff like that has become appreciated you know and i think yeah that absolutely some of those people i don't i think some people who are in that they don't they take themselves seriously and they think that they're real you know especially people who have made a lot of movies they're like oh no i'm a real director these are good movies i think he wasn't like that so he doesn't have that sort of like if you were to be like oh that movie was so bad he can kind of laugh more at it because it wasn't like it's not his career. You know what I mean? You're not laughing at his Taekwondo. You're like, you didn't know how to make a movie, but I love this movie. So I think he can appreciate that. You know, there's a there's people who especially who like, like the, yeah, the message that it's getting out there. At least yeah. like people are seeing it no matter what they right. interpret it as like the message Dude, is there. If years from now, one of my old bands like mixtapes all of a sudden became famous 
or something like I would even if I was like when I listen to it now I'm like oh we sounded like shit in this if that just became a thing people loved and they loved it because it was bad I could appreciate that it's like what the hell like that's what I was trying to do when I made it and now it's like in a way it's like when we made it we wanted millions of people to see it yeah. now millions of people can see it so right yeah it achieved its goal you know how, especially like I said, like whatever your message is, like people are seeing it. Yep. Yep. Like they're and it's, not it's your life. It's like I think I think now the, it like released a demon inside of it from inside of him or whatever. It released like a, a monkey on his back of like, yeah. you know, something that he always like thought he had failed at and in the end it was a success story. So I think it's a great success story in that way. Actually, I have a cool quote here that was in this little booklet. I hate that word. Booklet. 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 Pamphlet. Packet. Packet. You want to do a packet? So this quote, I actually, I think it might still be. This was my, um, uh, my cover image. This, this quote is really inspiring to me. Traditional genius meant having a high IQ. I propose that modern genius means being crazy. Crazy means exceptional action. Action makes things happen. Inaction does not. Success, 1% is the idea. 99% is action. Put your goals into action and never give up until you achieve them. YK Kim. Good quote. And I think, yeah, that really inspires me, man. Like, that's what I said when I, when I, I was lucky enough to be able to email Neil Breen, another uh, bad movie director. And that's what I said to him, man. I was like, that's what I would say to any of these people. I'm like, you inspire me because you went out and did it. And that's why I'm you doing this. Yeah, but it's like, that's why we're sitting here doing this because of something that inspired us, you know? And that's... What, him? Well, not. I'm just saying in general. The reason why you're doing a podcast is because something inspired you to do it. Oh, you know? yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. That's I think why I started like right? a year and a half ago. Right? And yeah, I'm glad you're doing it too. I'm glad to be a part of it yeah. as well. So that was my Amy connection on Wonderfully Awful. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah. Like, share, subscribe, Storyburst oh, yeah. to My Movies Better. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, all those other places. You can find us all over the internet. iTunes, Google yeah. Play, Spotify, um, and if you Podcast wanna, Addict. If you want to uh, get involved, you can always uh, post on the My Movies Better group. Yep. Um, which you can join on Facebook. And yeah, that's yeah. all I got to uh, say. Stay tuned for, yeah, there'll be more Storybursts coming soon. Uh, nice. Probably yeah, February-ish. Cool. Uh, take some time. Uh, yeah, it's about, the uh, holiday season's what, tough. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking winter, dude. I know. Winter's really the sucky thing. Yeah. But we shall get through it, and we... Yeah, will my, movie, my movie's better still going, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. we got a new episode hopefully coming out next week. I mean, by the time you listen to this, that could be already out. Let's check out that. Uh, it's the My Movies Better Political Rumble. We're covering the films Milk. Doctor Strange Love and Network. Yeah. Yeah. So enjoy your time. Enjoy your new year. By the time you hear this, it may already be 2019. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. yeah, it probably will be. Pretty much we're here in the end of 2018, starting off a brand new thing. And so keep your eyes peeled for more wonderfully awful coming soon. Yeah.
Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, guys. Have a good night. See you. Bye.